0: We have hit Wednesday, hump day on the hottest show on the streets, number one form for Alabama football news. Happy everyone could join us on today in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. The show is brought to you by WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. That is WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. If you haven't done so already, go and pick up your four-finger bling necklace showing that support, that love for Alabama football dominance in the fourth quarter because we all know the Crimson Tide runs that fourth quarter, but the show brought to you by WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. I know LSU has got its sanctions and itself imposed today, but that's another topic there for another day. We are locked and loaded onto the number one forum for Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information. Happy that everybody's tuning in. the show on today as we bring you the show from tuscaloosa streaming this to you on youtube speaking of the channel go ahead right now give a thumbs up drop a like on the show right now hit that subscribe button and be sure to turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best news notes alerts commentary and entertainment on your favorite program That being the Alabama Crimson Tide. Not only are we coming to you through YouTube, but we have you covered here on Facebook. So to all my Facebook people out there streaming to you guys, we're also streaming to you through Twitter as well. So we got you covered from all angles. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, no excuse for you not to be locked into your show, the number one show for Crimson Tide football news, letting your voice be heard, that being in my own words. As always, it is a joy to be joined here by the man, the myth, the legend, my buddy, my brother from from another mother, excuse me, John Ivory in the production studio doing his thing as he does each and every week. And we want you guys to be a part of the show. Yes, we want you a part of the show. You do this by calling 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Do not allow tonight to go by without giving your voice, lending your voice to this show right here, making this your safe space. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to be joined live by Josh Tolentino Josh Tolentino who covers the Miami Dolphins for the Athletic he's going to be coming on To talk about one, Tua Tungabailoa. Tua has been announced the starter for the Dolphins for next week. Not this week, because this week the Dolphins have a bye. But he'll be the starter next week when the team takes on the Los Angeles Rams. So it's going to be cool having Josh Tolentino on to talk about one, Tua Tungabailoa. But we hop in and out. First topic of conversation on the evening. And it is one Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith has gone from being the most overlooked wide receiver to the best, most complete, most dangerous, most all-around player in college football, and it's absolutely incredible because this guy clearly, literally, can do it all it doesn't matter if it's it's, he's got the hands he's got the speed he's got the route running he's got the route tree on deck committed to minute committed to memory he's got the balance the elevation the blocking skills devontae smith has become the complete full package all around capable all around complete all around dangerous wide receiver this past week against the Georgia Bulldogs, had a marquee matchup. Eleven catches for 167 yards, two touchdowns. He made a number of tough, high degree of difficulty receptions. I mean, he, here's a guy that takes the simple, routine catch and makes it even more simple. And he takes the tough, rig or tough rugged, high degree, high difficulty catch and makes that simple as well. Devontae Smith 100% can't do it all. And, And this is a guy that he does not talk a lot, especially when he does not have a media viewing period. But this is somebody that works extremely hard in his craft. He takes moments after practice to catch passes out of a jug machine where he positions his hands at different angles to make sure that He's snatching the ball no matter where it comes in, where it comes to him at. If that ball is anywhere near his zip code, anywhere near his vicinity, he is making a snag. He is making a catch there on the football. Going back to the Georgia game, his 13-yard touchdown reception in the fourth quarter from Mac Jones. I mean, that thing was a thing of beauty. That thing was a thing of absolute sex appeal right there because Smitty – is going up against Eric Stokes, one of the better defensive backs in college football. He's going out, he's matched up on Stokes here. He's able to elevate despite his size at 6'1", 175 pounds. So Smitty gets up in the air. He attacks the ball at its highest point. He plucks the ball out of the air, away from Eric Stokes. And then the presence of mind for him to contort his body. He's got this wiry strength. Not a big guy, but has this wiry strength to he contorts his body. He is able to maintain his balance. He got a foot in bounds, and he secured the catch. I mean, just that type of ability Devontae Smith has. And it's crazy is, you know, so far this year, 38 catches for him, a team high. 483 yards receiving, four touchdowns. He's averaging 120.8 yards per rece- well, per game in terms of you know, receiving yards. And he's been through three different phases in his career thus far. I mean, the first phase, he was known as Mr. Game-Winning Championship Clutch Type Receiver. That was 2017. And then 2018, he grew to being the guy that was one of five weapons to catch at least 40 passes from Tua Tagovailoa. And then last year, he became the leading man in terms of receiving yards, 1,256, and touchdowns with 14. And now he is Mr. Complete, Mr. All-Around, Mr. Dangerous, Mr. He-Is-The-Man, Mr., you know... uh, michael jordan level competitiveness type receiver and to me he is mr top five top 10 pick in the 2021 nfl draft i do not see Devonte smith falling outside of the top 15 but i also see a situation where by the time the 15th overall pick comes around he could very well be off the board due to you've got nfl scouts draft analysts pundits They cannot find a flaw in this man's game. They are searching like crazy trying to find a flaw in Devontae Smith's game and they cannot find one. And uh, prior to this year, a lot of people had uh, Jamar Chase of LSU as the number one receiver taken in this upcoming draft. But we all know, and and Jamar Chase is, is elite. He's a big time talent. Absolutely. But we all know We live in a society where it's, what have you done for me lately? What are you doing for me right now? And despite how good Jamar Chase is, he's not playing this season due to he opted out of the year and wanting to prepare for the upcoming draft. So while he's at home eating bonbons and watching I Love Lucy or whatever he or whatever Jamar Chase is doing, the NFL scouts are seeing an extra year of tape on Devontae Smith. You're seeing more catches from Smith, more touchdowns from Smith, more broken tackles that Smith is creating, more of Smith's hands, his speed, his ability. They're watching a whole season more of Smitty. And when you're getting a whole season more of Smitty than Jamar Chase, despite how good Chase is, Smith is leaving a lasting impression, a lasting impact. He becomes the final thought on the minds of these NFL scouts, of these NFL evaluators, of these draft pundits, of these NFL coaches, teams, owners, general managers. Smitty is leaving a lasting impression on these guys. Why? Because he chose to come back. And play his senior year at the University of Alabama. It's kind of like Najee Harris in a way. Remember, Najee Harris from the LSU game throughout the remainder of last year, he picked up a whole bunch of speed. He picked up a whole bunch of production, as I should say, a whole bunch of numbers. And for Harris, he felt like he had done enough to provide him a chance to be a solid, you know, early high draft pick unfortunately that was not the case but what did Nick Saban tell him if you come back Najee we're going to give you every opportunity to not just hit on your team goals but also your individual goals and one of those goals for, for Najee Harris just so happened to be being the number one back taken in the 2021 NFL draft venue but also being a first round pick and just like Najee Harris is hitting on those goals Devontae Smith is hitting on those goals right now. And and, and, and what's interesting here is Jim Nagy, Jim Nagy, the executive director for the Reese's Senior Bowl, really great guy, really smart guy, really intelligent guy. Jim Nagy, who has been an NFL draft guy for the last 17 to 20 years here. I remember last year, when all the when all the talking heads were saying Jerry Judy is the most complete receiver for Alabama. It's Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Oh, the way he gets out of his break, the way he distributes his weight as he cuts in and out of his routes. Jerry Judy is the most complete receiver for Alabama, period. Everybody was talking Judy last year. And no offense to Judy. He was the real deal. Absolutely deserved to be drafted in the top 15. But Jim Nagy said, uh-uh, not Judy. Devontae Smith, Smitty is the most complete receiver on this team. Jim Nagy saw Judy, he saw Ruggs, he saw Waddle, but the 17 to 20-year NFL draft scout said, "Uh uh-uh. Devontae Smith, number six, is the best pure receiver on this team, bar none, point blank, period. Bucket, take it to the bank, cash money, draft out your deposit. And, uh... Jim Nagy still feels this exact way this year as he and his staff named Smitty the co-senior of the week offensively for his performance against the Bulldogs. Smitty, one of the 250, the top 250 guys on the senior bowl watching list. So that just comes from one Jim Nagy right there. But not only is Smitty the best receiver in college football right now, Hands down, you can argue that how you feel like it, but he's the best wide receiver in college football right now. Now, I only see the best in college football, Smitty has the opportunity to be the best uh, receiver statistically to end his career at the University of Alabama, and and here's why. So, Smitty right now, 156 career receptions at Alabama. He's sixth all-time. Amari Cooper's first all-time with 224. So, Smitty is 68 catches behind Amari Cooper. Alabama's got six more games, counting this one against Tennessee, remaining in the regular season. Uh, Should it make the SEC title game, that's the seventh game. And then it's got two games in the college football playoff. So, about nine more games. Alabama's got nine more games for Smith to catch uh, Cooper in terms of receptions. In terms of receiving yards, Smitty is sixth all-time. 2,592 Amari Cooper into his career with 3,431 if I'm not mistaken and then you had Smitty he is second all-time for career touchdown receptions with 27 uh, Amari Cooper has 31 so Smitty's four touchdown receptions away from tying Coop I believe he gets that number so the touchdown number I think Smith gets that away from Cooper. In terms of the receptions and the yards, there is an opportunity there. We'll see how it goes. But Smitty is on pace to catch Coop as the number one receiver statistically in the history of Crimson Tide football. And to me, I always go back to the open practice in August in 2017, Devontae Smith's freshman year. And I was there. Pre-coronavirus, I was talking with Cam Sims. Cam and I took an African-American studies class together. And I was like, Cam, check this out, Pimp Juice. Uh, Let's say, for example, if Calvin Ridley was not open on his play. He falls down. They have him covered well. He's not open on his play. Who is the next guy? Who is the number two receiver that you trust with the football? And he didn't talk about anybody else. Cam Sims took me by the hand and took me to the other side of Bryant-Denny and pointed right at Devontae Smith and said, Steven, that's him. I'm like, Cam, you got to be joking me. This guy is my size soaking wet. Like You got to be joking me. Devontae, Cam Sims said, Steve, I put it on everything, bruh. Tay that dog. Tay that beast. It don't come no better than Tay. If you put the ball anyway on Tay, he gonna snatch that thing and go. Tay is the ultimate, bro. Tay is the legit. I put this on everything, bro. It's Tay and Cam Sims. If I was staring at him right now, I would tell him he did not steer me wrong. He did not punk me out. He was not playing with me because Devonte Smith. I saw him at the open practice at that point in time doing his thing, and it is just incredible to see how he has come all the way from being kind of the most overlooked receiver to now the most complete, the most dominant, the most all-around guy, not only in college football, but in Alabama football as well. Devontae smith Bucket. this guy's going to be a top five to top ten pick. We take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. Just getting you started here on a Wednesday. Upon our return, we entertain your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your texts, your chats, and your super chats right after this.
2: Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories
0: from scratch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the cut, rocking and rolling here from the break on for number one ticket for Crimson Tide football news. That being in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have everybody tuning into the show. We're going to go to the phone lines here in a minute as the call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. That's right. The Blue Wrench Gang bringing us bringing us this call segment. But before... We get to your calls here, to you the fans, to you the the uh, the precious donors, to Touchdown Alabama Magazine, the YouTube channel, via the super chats. We got something for you, so we have officially updated the top five donor donor list for October, the top five all-time donation list, and the top donors for the month of September as well so we're going to provide to you a little recap right now so for the month of September here are the top five donators you see him on screen Jimmy Clay coming from the coming from the back to the back to the front the front Jimmy Clay leading off the month of September with $275.95 so $275.97 coming from Jimmy Clay started from the bottom and now he yeah, here I see you Jimmy Clay Jay Lee coming in second place for the month of September with the $140 appreciate the love there from Jay Lee and then Kevin Compton at number 3 12585 that's 12585 from Kevin Compton Behind him, we got Willie 351 next to nine. Willie 351 with the 1148. That's 1148. Number four, Willie 351 for the month of September. And rounding us out, the pimp of the blue wrench gang, Senator Hines with 102.99. Senator Hines 102.99. The top donors there for the month of September. As we look at also, we got the month of October. And the all-time donators, you can look at those on screen as they're on screen right now. But we go to the phone lines now, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. We take a call right now to start this Wednesday. You're alive on In My Own Words. What's going on?
3: Mr. Steven Smith, it's Ballard Sports Media. How you doing tonight, sir? Doing fantastic, Chris. How you feeling, man? Hey, it's Tennessee hate week up, up here, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm ready the third Saturday rivalry. Now, here's the thing. I saw earlier where Feinbaum was asked, or I don't know if he brought it up or whatever on his program, about the third Saturday rivalry. And he pretty much said because it's been one-sided, it's no longer a rivalry which threw me off. Now I like Feinbaum, but this is look, Tennessee fans, yes, they've been hurt because Alabama's beat them 13 years in a row. But I don't care what the streak is. It's tradition, it's a rivalry, it's always intense. And you know, I I don't care what the streak says, man, it's still a huge game. It is.
0: It, it absolutely is. It is a rivalry rooted deep in hatred, absolutely. There's been there have been some moments in the recent years where Tennessee has truly played Alabama close, going back to last year. Last year, Tennessee was only down 21 to 13, keep in mind, and people inside Brian Denny were a little bit nervous, and if not for, you know, some turnovers forced by the Alabama defense, including a 100-yard fumble return touchdown by Trayvon Diggs, that game could have easily flipped the other way. Now, Bama won 35-13, but for a good portion of that game, Jeremy Pruitt had the balls in there.
3: Yeah, I remember watching that game, and, I mean, it even looked like Tua, before he went down with the ankle injury, it even looked like he was struggling, and I'm like, is this going to be the year that it happens? Like, because, and again, I mean, it's one of those... It is a rivalry because, I, again, I heard Feinbaum say earlier, "Oh, it's no longer a rivalry; it's one-sided." Exactly, it's a one-sided rivalry. Tennessee still hates Alabama, and Alabama still hates Tennessee. It's, it's, I, I, I kind of see it like a traditional rivalry. If anything, um, I mean, it's not. I don't want to say it's not like the Iron Bowl, like Auburn or whatever. I mean, yeah, we, we kind of hate Auburn more, but I mean, I don't care what the streak is. Streaks happen, and Tennessee will one day beat Alabama. Will it be under Nick Saban while he's there at Alabama? I don't know, but uh, it's it's a rivalry. I don't care what the streak says. I gonna say this right now, Nick Saban
0: is not taking Tennessee or Jeremy Pruitt lightly because th- th- this is a Tennessee team that could very easily be 3 and 1 if not 4 and 0 if not for turnovers. Tennessee had a 21 to 17 lead on Georgia Jarrett Garantano had some bad turnovers, which led to Georgia winning that game. And, of course, the Volunteers had five turnovers against Kentucky, which led to that loss. So Saban knows we got to take the win against Georgia, but refocus for Tennessee, lock back in, and try to have a good game this weekend in Knoxville. But, uh, Chris, man,
3: we appreciate the call. Keep listening to us. Yes, sir. Looking forward to this weekend. Always a good matchup. Have a good night. Roll tide, roll. Appreciate
0: that from Chris, from uh, Chris out uh, of Ballard Sports Media, calling the other uh, show tonight. We take another call right now on a Wednesday. You're live on in M- my on the words. What's going on? So I was in the first place in September. Yes, That's you extraordinary, were, Mary Stephen. This is yes, Jim- you were, man. How are you, bud? Doing well, man. Going? Doing well. I cannot complain here. Jimmy Clay, doing well, man. Roll. Yes, sir. Roll tide to everybody in Bama land. Absolutely, now Jimmy. Yes. J- Jimmy, I, I, I got to yes. give it to you, man. For you to start from the bottom and chase everybody down, man. You is, you are the trooper, man. You are the trooper right now. Well, I appreciate that, Steven, and you're
2: and you're pretty good yourself, brother. You you you're doing wonderful. I love all the information you give us. It is wonderful, and. uh, We have got to beat Tennessee this year, of course, and we do that every year. But let me tell you, they don't have anything to lose, man. Absolutely. How how many times – what's the streak? What's the streak? Alabama 13 years now? Alabama 13 straight. Okay. Well, hey, they ain't got nothing to lose. So we got to be real careful, you know. But, you know, we can beat these guys, but they don't have anything to lose. They don't well, and uh You right. it. They don't. They don't. They don't have anything to lose. They don't. And I I I uh I love my I love my team. I love y'all. The rich, the what we call them, the rich guy. Blue Ridge gang. Call them now. Yes, I'm sorry the blue rich gang. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, man. But but anyway, roll tide, let's beat these balls and let's just take it one game at a time and let's win another national championship, man. And absolutely I call you
0: again soon. This is the first time caller, brother. First time caller. Appreciate having you call in there, Jimmy. You take care, man. Yes, sir. Take care, bud. Take care. Appreciate the love there from Jimmy Clay calling in. Jeremy Prue is gonna have Jeremy is gonna have his guys prepared. Tennessee will be prepared. Can they not turn the ball over? That's going to be the big question, but we take a third call right now. You are live on In My Own Words. What's going on?
4: What's up, Steven? How you doing, bro? Doing good,
0: Sean. How you feeling?
4: Man, feeling well. Feeling well. Steven, tell me that Nick Saban didn't listen to our call last week. I, I promise you he say, did. I
0: promise you he had to, Sean.
4: So. He had to, bro. I said, man, they got Jamil Burroughs playing. I said, they got Tim Smith playing. That was number 98, number fifteen. they both played. And
0: and, and and what's crazy was what's crazy was Jamil Burroughs has been on scout team this whole time. I have watched him on scout team. That dude is hard to block. That is a man's right. man right there. Him and Tim Smith are grown men. And to see how you know Nick Saban looked at both of those two the week against George and said, "Hey, who's the next man up?" We're going to be dependent on y'all, too, and how they came in and there was no drop-off and they handled business. Really like those two kids.
4: Exactly, man. I I was real proud to see that. Um, I was listening to what you said a while ago about Vontae, and Vontae, I've always liked Vontae, man. His hands, the to speed, got a crazy vertical. He reminded me of Devontae Adams for the Packers. And last thing I want to say is – we gotta stay focused this week, man. Tennessee is dangerous, bro. I know I would tell all the fans, don't get wrapped up in how bad they've been doing, because if you ever play sports, you know like I know that one this may be the only game you play well like that. But they're gonna step up and try to play Bama very, very, very hard. And I know Saban is pressing that narrative. If we go out there and take care of business, man. We'll be great.
0: Absolutely, Sean. Appreciate the call, man. You take care, buddy.
4: No problem, man. I'll see you next time.
0: Absolutely. Jeremy Pruitt is gonna have this group set to play for Tennessee. I go back to last year. People thought it was gonna be a runaway. Pruitt had the balls in that matchup. It was twenty one to thirteen before the turnovers ensued for the balls. But we take a call, another call here. You're live on in my own words. What's going on?
5: Good evening, Steven. How you doing?
0: Man, I cannot complain, man. Doing well on a Wednesday. Doing fantastic. How you feeling?
5: I'm doing great, doing great. Uh, I had a couple of questions and a comment as far as the – two of the questions were in regards to the punting game. And it was just a matter of – You had stated a few weeks ago in regards that when it came to a home game, that there was no limit when it came to the specialists. But on the road, you could only carry one. So I'm trying to find out as far as what is or what's not in reference to Typeat Ryan.
0: That is a question everybody wants to know right now, inclu- including myself. And I've been uh, trying to get answers to this question because it's weird seeing how Piron, as a walk-on last year, he got his big moment against Tennessee this very game last year. That's when he got his big moment, and he averaged almost 45 yards a punt, 44.7 to be exact last season, did really well, made the all-SEC freshman team, and I'm trying to wrap my mind around how do you go from being all SEC freshman team to being relegated to the bench for a guy in Sam Johnson that, no offense to the young man, he's only kicking the ball 16 yards. He's, he's getting 16-yard punts. And uh, I was told that Ty Piron was actually sitting in the stands for the Georgia game, was not even dressed out. I'm trying to figure out what in the world is going on where Coach Jeff Banks is concerned because – you, you, you got to explain to me how a young man goes from being all-SEC freshman team averaging 45 yards a punt, basically, to being on the bench. That does not sit well with me. I, I'm trying to figure out what in the world is going on there.
5: Yeah, I agree, and, and you just blew me away with that information you just shared, Stephen. And, and also, I was going to ask you as far as how do you think that the – you know what's going on as far as LSU, because I heard they have a self-imposed – uh, as far as they turn themselves in, as far as some violations, going to give them some scholarships. And I was wondering, how do you think that that might affect, unfortunately, but fortunate, I guess, on other respects, as far as how that I may assist as far as Alabama recruiting for the next four years?
0: It's going to really help. I know I know. right now, I, I, like you mentioned, LSU has had the self-imposed uh, penalties there with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and what he did in the national championship game, handing the players out the money. But I feel like for the next three to four years, it really helps Alabama because a lot of these recruits come down to Alabama and LSU if Auburn's not in the mix there. The first guy you got to think about is Ja'Quincy McKinstry. Who makes his commitment on the 25th of this month and, and unless uh, she was in his commitment but i feel like He'll end up going to the Crimson Tide, I think. Uh, Justin Smith. or I know Justin Smith. Uh, our lead scouting and recruiting analyst has been all over the trail where Kool Aid is concerned, and I think you know coming from him, he's told me that Kool Aid is high on the Crimson Tide at this moment. So the issues with LSU and recruiting are gonna definitely benefit Alabama because it's just one SEC school that you know these up, that, that these athletes can look at, and it really into the hands of Nick Saban, but man, we appreciate the call. Keep listening to us.
5: Thank you very much, Steve, you have a good evening now.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You guys lighten us up here so far in the first call segment. Once again, that's 205-448-1358. I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard, the call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. But a little bit of a slight topic here, uh, uh, and also be sure to call back in that second call segment. If you're trying to call in, be sure to call back in that second call segment. But the topic right now, the Alabama Georgia game over the weekend. You want to talk about ratings? You want to talk about money being made? You want to talk about Alabama football still moves the needle in college football? The Alabama Georgia game grossed 12.46 million, 12.046 million views. It hit it, it hit 5.3/13 rating shares. That's not a rating shares right there, but that was the average. The peak of its rating shares was 6.6 slash 15 rating shares. So the Alabama-Georgia game grossed out more people in terms of, of ratings than uh, the NBA regular season playoffs, MLB regular season playoffs, and it is the highest-watched college football game right now to this very point. So Nick Saban— Alabama football still moves the needle, and college football still pays the bills where the gridiron game is concerned. But before we take our next break here, got some super chats to shout out here. Willie three five one, appreciate that love from Willie three five one dropping in that seven seventy seven via the super chats. Jimmy Clay picking back up on his thing. That twenty dollars coming from Jimmy Clay and roll Tide and rise up dropping in that ten dollar donation. We take a break right now on the show, but upon our return, we go to my man, Josh Tolentino, who covers the Miami Dolphins for The Athletic, talking about one, to a tongue of Iloa. We'll hear from Tolentino after this. We are back into the action here, folks. Back in from the break on the hottest show on the streets. Number one form for Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciating everybody for tuning into the show on this evening. And... uh, we go. We got a shout out to Super Chat right now, my man Senator Hines. Senator Hines dropping in that 4.99. We have a Super Chat's 4.99 donating at the TDA. Appreciate the love there from Senator Hines. Also, be sure to give a thumbs up. Give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, and turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best in news, notes, information, and content on your Crimson Tide. But we go over to the In My Own Words hotline right now, where we pick up Mr. Josh Tolentino. Josh Tolentino, who covers the Miami Dolphins for The Athletic. Josh, awesome. Great having you in here right now. How you feeling, man?
6: Hey, Stephen, brother, appreciate it. It's been a hectic few days here in, in South Florida and Miami. You know, it's been storming all week, but I think fans everywhere, really, not just in the South Florida region, but, but Dolphins fans across the country and the world were pretty excited when yesterday, or really today, the team confirmed the announcement, but yesterday it leaked that Tua Tagovailoa is taking over as Dolphins' starting quarterback.
0: Absolutely. So Josh is going back to Sunday's game against the uh, the Jets for the Dolphins. Dolphins up 24 nothing. Ryan Fitzpatrick playing pretty well out there. It's about 2 minutes and 27 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And then the most joyous, deafening scream happens as a hard rock stadium could not control itself. Fitzpatrick comes off the field. Tua goes onto the field. What was the vibe in that moment, uh, the moment Tua stepped on the field in the fourth quarter to take his first reps as a pro quarterback for this organization? What was the vibe inside that stadium?
6: Yeah, Steven, I'll give you a description of really just this whole environment of that night that, you know, the, the press box at Hard Rock Stadium, it's enclosed in glass and you really can't hear anything throughout the game you know, there there were times when the Dolphins scored and there were some big hits throughout the game and there'd be cheering from the socially distanced crowd of under 13,000 fans. So from that perspective, there's already not a lot of fans in the building because of the COVID protocols, obviously, and social distancing. So, So then you think that, hey, we're at the end of the game. There are probably already fans that have started to leave the stadium. That happens in every type of sporting event, you know, that uh, fans dip out before the actual end of the game. So give or take, there's probably less than 10,000 people there at Hard Rock Stadium. But suddenly, with less than three minutes, Tua, we see him on the sideline, you know, throwing the ball back and forth with his teammates. And we were wondering, because just a week ago, they had the opportunity to put Tua in there in garbage time, and they didn't. But then, you know what? Here he is trotting on the field, and that was the loudest I've heard the stadium all season for sure. And I think that's just a telling sign of not just the fans that who were there, but even in the TV ratings, I think there were 200,000 homes that switched their channels to uh, CBS, which was airing the game, in those final minutes, just to see Tua's debut. I think that speaks a lot to the power of Twitter and just how quick the word came about that Tua was about to make his debut, and there he did. He took five snaps in those final two and a half minutes, including, to a lot of people's surprise, he threw it twice, and, you know, both of the throws were very impressive throws. The first one, it was a play action rollout to his natural left side, and immediately he was under pressure inside their own end zone. That drive actually began within, inside their own five-yard line, so he was rolling out to the left side in the in his end zone, uh, about to get sacked, and he was able to get rid of the ball on the move. And then the other pass was to convert convert on third down. So a small sample size, and obviously we've seen more of him in practice, and the coaching staff has seen extended looks of him in the two, three months that he's been here. As the confidence is there that they're ready to kickstart his development starting next week against the Rams.
0: Now, Josh, I know that you know, after the game when everybody else left, Tua took a moment to sit down at the 15-yard line at Hard Rock Stadium to kind of take everything in and reflect on the journey he's been on from uh, dislocating his hip. As a member of the Alabama Crimson Tide last year against Mississippi State, to the grind it took for him through the surgery, the rehab, getting through the draft process to get to that moment over the, on uh, over the weekend, but just in the game itself, as as you're watching, you know the coaching staff, headlined by Brian Flores, if when you look at, when you look at the coaching staff, how impressed or how happy were they to see Tua move around and look as healthy as he looked?
6: Yeah, again, it was a small sample size, but I think it impressed a lot of people who obviously hadn't seen him in game action because there's no way that practice reps can replicate actual game action. And albeit in garbage time, I mean, the Jets, they were still trying to bring him down. They were were in the backfield, obviously, on that first passing play. So I think it said a lot about his comfort, his comfort level being out there, calling the plays, and not just that, his ability to roll out of the pocket and really just check all the boxes in terms of his health. I know we're here nearing the 12-month mark from that hip injury that ended his final season at Alabama. And a lot of us kind of predicted that once that year mark, that one-year mark came around, I think it was going to get a lot more serious in terms of when Tua was going to get in there. And, you know, I think he's got a great opportunity here. You look at the opposition – And it's going to be tough. You know, he's already facing Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, two of the best defensive players in the league, and the Rams. You know, they're, they're top five in sacks this season. So he's going to face some immediate pressure right away, and we're going to learn a lot about him in that first game next week. The Dolphins are actually on a bye, so it's kind of like a big tease around the area that, you know, two is the starting quarterback, but we don't get to see him yet just this weekend. So he gets an extra week of preparation to prepare for the Rams. And there's about 10 games left this season for the Dolphins really to find out and, and just start his development of not only what Tua brings to the table, but how the weapons around him mesh and, you know, what needs they'll need to address in the off season.
0: Folks, if you're just tuning into the show right now, we got Josh Tolentino of uh, the athletic covering the Miami Dolphins talking to a Tua Tagovailoa here on the show if you're just to if you're just tuning in on a Wednesday Josh going back to training camp having Tua at training camp even though he, he did not have you know much time to really really work due to the uh, the whole covid situation what did you see on the field with Tagovailoa in training camp that got you going if he can ever get on the field, this guy can really be something special. When you watched him in camp, what was the turning point for you?
6: Yeah, I think there was just this one very, it was one of the very first days of training camp. It was either the first or second day, and he was in there 11 on 11 drills, And, you know, really, it was full team practice. And there, it was exactly that. There was a rollout called, Or, I don't even think it it was a rollout, Steven. It was just a a regular uh, passing play, and the pocket broke down, and he rolled out and escaped the pocket to his left side. And obviously, there is no full tackling during training camp. It's just, you know, either two hand touch or, you know, as things get more intense later in camp, um, wrapping up. But there's no full tackling bringing players to the ground. And I think that rule, rule, reigned especially true when tool was in there whenever he had the ball you know don't touch him uh but there was this moment in this specific play that i'm talking about where he escapes the pocket and runs out to the left side the play is still going there's no whistle and there's this awkward moment where he's reaching the sideline and obviously he's got a slide or run out of bounds and it's like he almost kind of just forgot what to do it was this awkward slide type move and everybody gasped and and you know, he took just a couple seconds to bounce right back up. And in that moment, you're like, oh man, he's okay. So it was really just anytime he touched the ball. So um, there was some good, there was some bad. I think you've got to consider the fact that he didn't have a regular off season, like what you mentioned with COVID and all the protocols going on. There was no rookie OTAs that a typical rookie would enjoy or be able to go through, you know, once he gets to the league and I think we saw some of those gaps early on, especially because Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, his mother actually passed away during training camp. So he missed a couple days and we actually got an extended look at Tua. And in those, in those times, you know, uh, there were some great moments. There were some bad moments there, there were, you know, definitely a lot of takeaways in those extended reps, but obviously a lot has happened since then. And he's proved to the coaching staff that they're ready to kickstart again, his development.
0: It's Josh Tolentino, ladies and gentlemen, covering the Miami Dolphins for the Athletic, talking about Tua Tagovailoa on the show here in my own words with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, as Tua will get the start for the Dolphins next week against that vaunted L.A. Ram defense led by one Aaron Donald. But uh, Josh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with us here to talk Tua. You have, you have fun, man. Stay safe. Be good.
6: Hey, Steven, it's finally two-a-time in Miami. I know a lot of people are excited, and obviously Bama fans have seen him and, and the greatness that he's shown uh, in his time there with that program. But now it's, it's two-a-time in Miami, so we'll we'll see how this goes over these next 10 games.
0: Absolutely. That was Josh Tolentino, folks, joining us live here on show, the show to talk Tua Tangavanoa, as he has been named the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, will start as of next week against those L.A. Rams. Awesome having Josh on the show, breaking that down with us or for us. But we take another break here on the show. But upon our return, we get back to the phone lines to tackle your phone calls, your texts, your tweets, your chats, your super chats, your ideas. When we talk Bama football, we get to you right
1: after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own The Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace.
0: We're back in from the break, folks. We are back in from the break on the number one forum for Crimson Tide Football News. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Wednesday hump day. Happy to have everybody tuning into the show on today. It is Tennessee week. Crimson Tide taking on Jeremy Pruitt and those volunteers this weekend. 2.30 2.30 p.m. Central Time at Neyland Stadium, or Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee. But we go to the phone lines right now. But before we go to the phone lines, we got another Super Chat to shout out. How about Jimmy Clay again? Jimmy Clay, that $50 there via the Super Chats, leaving that donation. Appreciate that from Jimmy Clay. And DeMarco Brooks. DeMarco Brooks throwing in that $5 donation, helping us out here at TDA. But, Back to the phone lines where the call segment is brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, the great people of the Blue Wrench Gang family, 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. We take a call right now. You are live on the show. What's going on? Hey, Steven, how are you doing this afternoon? Man, I cannot complain. I am doing fantastic. How about yourself?
7: I'm doing
0: great, ass. Uh, so how are we doing in practice we, this week? We locked and loaded. Locked and loaded this week. Very focused group this week. DJ Dale actually talked about on Tuesday about taking what we taking what Bama did from the Georgia game and building off of that in terms of the defensive front creating pressure. But like Nick Saban says, you enjoyed the win for 24 hours, but you get back to work and this group definitely hard back at work this week. What did we
7: see? as far as taking this game seriously, no loafing around and that sort of thing.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and I go back to last year. Tennessee had a shot to win the game last year. Pruitt had those guys in the game down 21-13. to 13, If not for an interception thrown and a lost fumble by Garantano that was returned 100 yards for a touchdown by Trayvon Diggs, the game could have went the other way. So Saban knows that. Uh, he knows how good of a coach Pruitt is. Especially defensively. The one thing that's hurt Tennessee all year has been turnovers. If they don't turn the ball over, they could have beaten Georgia. They could have possibly beaten Kentucky, or at least made that game closer than what it was. So Saban knows you can't take anybody lightly, especially, you know, one of his former assistants being Pruitt. So he'll have those guys ready to go. So what did you
7: what did you take away from Saban's press conference tonight?
0: What did I take away from Saban's press conference tonight? the, The number one thing I took from it was having that humility, respecting the opponent, but also being able to build off of what you did the previous week, because against Georgia, a lot of Bama fans were wondering, can we finally see this defensive line get a push that it needs to get, or that we were expecting it to get consistently, and last week's second half, we saw DJ Dale, Barmore, and and the company finally get that push, so what I got from Saban was respect the opponent, but at the same time, take what you did against Georgia, build off of that, and let's continue to move forward and be a dominant football team. But, Chris, man, we appreciate the call. Keep listening to us. Is Justin to be healthy, though? He's, a, he's good. He's okay. He, he's fine. And one, one more thing.
7: Um, is um, Oh, type P, Ryan. It, 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 one of we're not trying him out at pondering your opinion.
0: Right now, I mean, that that's something I'm trying to figure out right now because of the fact that I mentioned in a previous segment, he averaged 45 yards a punt basically last year, made the all-SEC freshman team. I don't understand why he's not out there. I mean, Sam Johnson's all right, but he's not p So I'm trying to figure out, just like everybody else is, what has kept Ty – from getting on the field. Is it something with the coaching staff? Is it something with Jeff Banks? I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure out, though, what in the world has kept Ty Piron from getting on this field because it was in this game last year that he showed how great he was. So I'll be doing some digging there.
7: Because I remember in the bowl game, I I remember I was like, okay, I I can't remember the punter who punted in the bowl game, but he he punted, and it was okay, but... And then Ty P. Ryan did an excellent job, like you said. And my point is, we got to fix the punting, man. I mean, because there are going to be times where this offense may not click on a certain drive. And if you don't punt the ball well and you set up your team, the other opponent, in good field position, you, that, that's three points for the other team in today's offense so you have to be able to flip the field and I'm not saying you have to have a J.K. Scott but you have to be able to flip the field enough to where you have to make the other team earn it so then that's why I would like to see Ty Ryan get a
0: chance absolutely definitely want to see him out there but appreciate it Chris thank you we go to our next caller in the queue right now I want to see Ty Ryan back out there but you're live on the show what's going on yeah, what's up, man? Doing good, man. How you feeling?
4: I'm good. I'm just. I just got a couple questions. So you know, Chris Braswell. You know, we got him uh, last year. They're True. Out of, straight
0: out of high school, him and Drew Sanders. Why haven't they gotten playing time? Or now, barely Drew, now Drew. 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 San, Drew Sanders has gotten playing time. The reason why Chris Braswell has not is Alabama. Alabama is still trying to develop him that's part of the reason. The other part is Will Anderson was so huge in fall camp that he surprised a lot of people. I mean, at one, point, at one point, Ben Davis had the lead on the outside linebacker position, the jack linebacker spot, and the last two weeks of fall camp, Will Anderson came through and just knocked Ben Davis out of the way. So the, the rise of Will Anderson, one of the reasons – the other reason is Alabama wants to really truly work with and develop Chris Braswell. He's gotta get some more weight on him. He's kind of thin around the waistline there. Alabama trying to get a little bit more weight on him.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. Chris Braswell, he seems like a beast. So Will Anderson, once once the ball snaps, he's he's getting off that line quick. Now I also like to see Des Moy Kennedy from Alabama also. He's he's from the state. Also like to see him and Ben Davis get in, but you know, Dylan Moses, after his ACL injury, has been not that good.
0: And 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 that, and that's something that Coach Saban is trying to get him jump-started. Going back to the game against Georgia, he played better in the second half, played better. So hopefully that will jump-start his confidence because, I mean, like you mentioned, he's not playing the way we expected him to play when he decided to make the move to come back, you know, for this season, so definitely want to get him jump started. But man, we appreciate the call.
4: All right. Well, thank you, man. Have a good day.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We go to another call here in the queue. You're live on in my own words. What's going on? And yeah, we're going on Stephen and Young Sway from down the base. All right, Sway is in here. Let's go, Sway. Yeah, man.
2: I'm gonna hung up on y'all. man. have me on hold about 15 minutes. Dude took all the questions. Then.
3: Man,
0: I don't know what that We were trying to get him off, Sway We were trying to get him off, he he, he wouldn't go off It's cool, it's cool Uh, I just want to call
2: in I appreciate y'all, last week, man I made a lot of money, I told you I had money on the game You feel
0: me, so I'm good now though That's what's up And as long as as we can make Sway Some money, we good Yeah, I I
2: took About two weeks of work Okay, okay i just letting y'all know that. So, you know, how, how we looking for the championship? I I, I, got, I ain't going to tell you how much I'm trying to bet on that. But how, how we looking for the championship? I'm trying to put a whole lot. I'm
0: trying to not work for the rest of 2021. Okay, so are we talking SEC or national? Both of them. Okay both, okay, both of them. I like this, both of them. I think Bama looking good in both, man. I think Bama looking good for both right now. I mean, especially, you know, we take – Bama takes what it did – Second half against Georgia defensively, use that the entire season. Get Dylan Moses right. Bama's good for both, man. I tell it, my boy. I appreciate it, Sway. Appreciate it, Sway. Hey, be good at work, Sway. Be good at work, my dude thinking it works where We continue, we, we continue with the uh the topic right now. You guys also 205-448-1358. Do not let this night go by without letting your voice be heard. 205-448-1358. But I'm gonna call in to let your voice be heard on the show. But as you're continuing to dive through thoughts here, second topic here mac jones according to pro football focus a site that dives into the analytics and data of both college football and pro football mac jones looked at number two for the heisman race right now behind one trevor lawrence of clemson due to His performance against the Georgia Bulldogs, Jones completed 24 of 32 passes for 417 yards. The first quarterback in Alabama history with three straight 400-yard passing games, four touchdowns, just one interception. Now, pro football focus has him behind Trevor Lawrence. I did some number crunching on last night. I think he should be ahead of Trevor Lawrence for the simple reason. If you look at the numbers here, there are some numbers where Mac Jones has better than Lawrence. And Lawrence played one more game than Mac Jones, and that one game was a cupcake against, the, against the, uh, the Citadel. So if you look at this, Mac Jones has the higher passer rating than Trevor, 220.1 for Mac, 192.7 for Trevor. Mac Jones has the higher yards per game average than Trevor Lawrence. Mac Jones, 379.5 passing yards per game. Trevor, 308. 0.8 passing yards per game. Mac Jones has the to higher total QBR in terms of adjusted QBR and raw QBR which is straight up QBR versus Lawrence. Ma- uh, uh, for Mac Jones, the total QBR, 96.6. For Trevor Lawrence, 91.1. For the raw QBR, Mac Jones, 94.9. Trevor Lawrence, 90.2. The only areas where Trevor has on Mac is is passing yards and he only has 26 more yards than Mac. Trevor 1544, Mac 1518 and he only has three more touchdowns than Mac you know Trevor 15, Mac Jones 12. Mac of course one more interception than Trevor two to one. but in a lot of these big categories here, Mac is Mac is ahead of Trevor. Mac Jones is ahead of Trevor Lawrence, and Mac played in one less game with a tougher schedule against against two against one more top-ranked team than Trevor. As Mac played against Georgia and Texas A&M, both ranked. Trevor Lawrence played against Miami. Trevor Law- Mac Jones, excuse me, came off playing the number one defense in the SEC, one of the best groups in the country in Georgia, and hung 41 points on the dogs and put up four 500 and- 47 yards of total offense so while trevor lawrence is ahead of mac and people feel like he's running away with the heisman not so fast in my opinion there are some numbers here as i just spat out to you that mac has ahead of one trevor lawrence but We'll see what happens as the season continues to progress here. But we take another break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. When we get back, we'll dive into the Alabama defensive front and how the two freshmen in, in Jamil Burroughs and Tim Smith got on that field, did their thing, and how this is starting to kind of look like the rotation that Bama had on the defensive front with those 2015 and 2016 teams. We'll talk Bama defensive line after this.
1: Men's Wear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa.
0: We are back into the action here, folks, on the number one forum for Crimson Tide Football News on a Wednesday. In my own words, with yours truly Steven Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Appreciating everybody checking out the show on today. As always, be sure to give a like. Give a thumbs up on the show. Hit that subscribe button. Turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best news, notes, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. Got a couple more Super Chats to shout out here. Jimmy Clay is on fire, y'all. Can somebody put some water on this dude? Jimmy Clay, another $25. with the Super Chats. Appreciate that love from Jimmy Clay and Senator Hines. Dropping in that $10. with the Super Chats. Appreciate the love. They're coming from Senator Hines and Jimmy Clay. But, You want to know, you want to have a one-stop shop here to do your Alabama football clothing shop, and we got you right here, tdaware.com. Check out tdaware.com. We got you covered here with the I Love Here Hearing Touchdown Alabama shirts, the We Want Football shirts, the Let Them Play shirts, hoodies galore. We got you right here, tdaware.com. Do your shopping right here, tdaware.com, showing your support for Coach Saban, the student-athletes, the University of Alabama program, and us here at Touchdown Alabama magazine. But we I mean, look at now the defensive front here for the Crimson Tide. and. We've talked about it. I've discussed it. We've been wanting to see this defensive line create this push, be nasty up front, affect the quarterback, stuff the run, really have that alpha male mentality. We've been waiting to see this defensive front do this all season. And for the first time in the second half against Georgia, Alabama got that consistent push from a defensive front, I mean, whether it was Christian Barmore batting passes, DJ Dale batting passes, Justin the be with the interception, Byron Young hitting the running back, knocking Zamira White over, whomever got on the field, we saw a consistent push, a consistent energy, a consistent fire from a defensive front, from the front line, and we've been wanting to see this all year, but the two big names that got out there were two freshmen. Jamil Burroughs, a four star from McEatron High School in, Pound, in Powder Springs, Georgia, and the four star Tim Smith from Sebastian River High School in Sebastian, Florida. Both of those two got in the game in the second half and did some big time things. Both guys, very physical human beings. Jamil Burrow, 6'3, 2, uh, 323 pounds. Tim Smith, 6'4, 320 pounds. And Saban talked about it in his presser on Monday. Alabama did not have LeBron Ray, suffered a little elbow injury, did not play in the game, and Federea Mathis was a little bit banged up in the game. So, Alabama, I mean, Nick Saban went to the sideline and went, and you know, who's the next man up? Who's the next guy? So, Jamil Burrows got in there. Uh, Tim Smith got in there. Both of those two guys made huge plays in that second half. And Burroughs, in particular here, here is somebody that has been working scout team for Alabama throughout this entire practice, throughout this entire season thus far. He's been working scout team. And when he's over there, he has been very difficult to block, very tough to move. An unmovable object is Burroughs, and he's been given this offensive line a good look in the scout team he's been giving some the offensive line some good reps he's been pushing those guys he's been moving those guys he's been dominant over there you around know, the scout team and coach Saban talked about it he's difficult to move he's difficult to block they have a tough time pushing him off the football and uh, Know Alabama's going to continue to put him in the games, work him in the games to see if he can continue to build that progress, build that conf- that confidence, build that comfortability within this defense. So Burroughs, it was great to see him out there. I and then mean, Tim Smith, kind of the same thing. Tough to move, difficult to move, grown man, can get into that backfield and make some big plays, creating that negative havoc there on the opposing team. And DJ Dale spoke in Tuesday's press about how both of these two, Burroughs and Smith, are, they have great work ethics, real deal, great work ethics. You know, they don't tire out. They put the mind on the business, going out there, doing what they have to do to get on the field and make the team better. And and both guys do, coming to to the Georgia game, that they would have an opportunity to get on the field, showcase their skill set, prove to the coaching staff, prove to teammates that they can handle the moment, that the moment was not anything too big for them. And especially Burroughs coming from the Georgia area. You know, Powder Springs is about 20 to 25 minutes before you get into Atlanta. So he was right there in Kirby Smart's backyard when you talk about High School. And for Georgia to miss out on Burroughs, for him to come to Alabama... Big deal there. I was having a conversation with our own Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter and all forms of social media because if you're not following Justin Smith, I can't help you. I don't know what to say for you. He is out there on the grind scouting these athletes. And and talking to him about Burroughs, he basically said, during his time studying the young man he loved his motor he loved his motor he loved his power he loved this quickness he loved this get off he basically said burrows does not stop on a play he will chase the running back down he will chase the quarterback down he will flip a guy over he does not quit on the play and that's what alabama needs to have on this defensive line in terms of the rotation, the guys that will not quit on a play, that will push guys, that will shove guys out of the way, that will affect the play in the opposing team's backfield. And just seeing both of these two, Burroughs and Smith, both do well, to me, it kind of puts me in the mindset of what Alabama had in 2015 and 2016 in terms of that defensive rotation because it had – Jonathan Allen as a starter, A'shaun Robinson as a as a starter, Jaron Reed as a starter, you know Dalvin Tomlinson you know as a starter, and then you look at the bench and you go, my goodness, they got Deron Payne too, they got Ryan Anderson too, they got Tim Williams too, they got um you know Rashawn Evans too, they got Deshaun Hand too. All of those guys were on the bench. All of those guys were coming off as the sixth man, seventh man in the rotation. And there was no drop-off. If a Jonathan Allen came out, you know, somebody else came in, no drop-off, no slack. They they were out there putting in the work. If a Dalvin Thomason came off, a Deron Payne came in, boom! That action was still going. That play was still going. That heat was still coming to the quarterback. So, you look at Burroughs and Tim Smith. I kind of see the same thing you know, with those guys. You have a LeBron Ray, a DJ Dale, a Christian Barmore, a Fidarian Mathis, but having these two guys come in, rotate in, and give you that same effort, that same quality, that same nasty, that same ability, big for both of those two guys. Proud to see what Burroughs and Tim Smith did out there on the field as they continue to show the coaching staff they need to be out there more. But... If you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage your people on your Crimson Tide, it's very easy to access this. You get this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You can download it from your iPhone app store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you've got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you covered here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. We have you right there. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Friday. Continue with the conversation that is Thai football. As always, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent to your door that link will be found in the description also if you haven't picked up your four finger bling necklace courtesy of we own the fourth quarter.com showing that support to Alabama as it owns the fourth quarter get that four finger bling necklace right now from we own the fourth quarter.com that link too will be found in the description but husbands love your wives wives appreciate value those husbands children's school is in right now get that homework done but still do those things legitimately now don't be bored get you those three hearty meals a day those three great laughs a day protect yourself protect the loved ones around you until next time folks i'm your man stephen m smith and this has been in my own words